0: Hello and welcome to Talk Product. Uh, my name is Casey, and I mean I've said this like over eight times now. I've had uh, eight guests, which is pretty cool. So this podcast is all about digital product design, tech life, and how to get into the industry. So I get to talk to uh, the legendary Joel Buckelman. How are you doing, dude?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm doing well. I don't. I don't know what legends those would be, but hopefully, not, not bad ones.
0: <laughs> You're a legend to me. <laughs> that
1: that means a lot, Casey.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, how are you? I mean, uh, I saw that you've like moved and you're you're like all set up on this like new property. So like, how's, how's everything going?
1: Yeah, th- I mean, uh, things have been going well. Things are very different. Uh, I transitioned um, over the, the new year from 20, 2020 to 2021 um, to Tennessee. We bought, we bought a house um, out here in the Hill Country outside of Nashville um, at the uh, middle of last summer. Um, kind of on a whim as an investment and decided to end up selling our house in California and moving our whole family out, given that it was COVID and things were remote. Um, and a lot of personal things just kind of lined up where we decided to take the plunge. And yeah, now we're out um, on some acreage and I'm still working for Google, still working remote, but um, our day-to-day is a little bit different, a little bit slower, um, but our kids are in school and, and things are semi-normal now. Um we are doing a construction Mm -hmm. project during a pandemic, but, um, in general we're we're blessed um, and and things are going well. That was, it was, it was a little harsh transition there. We were like snowed in and like had a camping stove and like no furniture and had like three kids in the house. And it was a little wild, but, um, things are good.
0: Yeah. It's no joke. Like during the winter, like anywhere outside of California, like I've got family that lives in Wisconsin and during winter it's like, Oh, you can't, you can't arrive on this day. And I'm like, Why? Like, oh, there's a chance um, you might actually die. I'm like, wait, yeah, what? Dude, everything shuts like, shuts if down. you break like, down, you're screwed. Yeah, you, like, nobody can get to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been to anyway, like my parents live in Big Bear. I've been in the mountains, like, and I get like driving in the snow. But they're like, no, everything shuts down. Like, no one's no one's going into work. Everything's down. Um, and like, our we have this big long driveway. It was fully frozen. Only my four wheel drive could get down. Um, but then it was also during a pandemic, so like nothing was open. You shouldn't have been out anyways, and so resources were low. So we were like kind of like apocalyptic kind of time, but we were just like hanging out on our property. So it was, it was pretty chill. We didn't have much because we had just moved in. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to have the season. It's one of the reasons we wanted to get out of California, just to experience something different being California kids. Um, and so it's been an adventure for sure.
0: Oh, for sure, man. So did you like sell all of your, like everything, like your cars and, and everything else? We
1: sold a lot. I drove my truck over, but we sold my wife's car because she needed to get like an SUV and we didn't really take any furniture over. We took like one small pod and like a lot of our kids stuff was just like shitty Ikea things. So like a lot of that we just like donated or was broken. Um, so we really didn't have a lot of possessions and things that we got rid of. Um, and so we moved into like, we have like an extra shop here and a barn downstairs. So we've got more stretching room and, and uh, I've got like a whole studio down here. Um, so it's fun to like have spaces to grow and, and build kind of like our little compound here. Uh, mainly like we have our three boys in Costa Mesa, so We loved it, but, um, they weren't quite surfing age or right the age where they were we were gonna be like fully rooted into like their like next, you know, 10 years of, of junior high and high school. And um I don't know, we felt really like constrained in our little concrete walls in College Park there. And so I don't know, having acreage feels a little bit better right
0: now. That's dope. So I mean, obviously yeah. I know who you are. You I've known you for a long time, but um for the sake of people listening in, could you Kind of give me a, just a brief overview of, like, what you do and, like, who you design for.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm a designer. I tell people I build software because I think that it's, like, something that people can understand, like, normal people. i like, what do you do? I build software. I'm a designer. Um, I'm at Google. I've been there collectively for about six years now. Um, I've worked across, like, Android and ana- um, Android Analytics, uh, currently on Chrome. There was a year there where I like dipped out and quit uh, for a startup called Design Inc. Um, came back. Um, that was a fun little adventure. Um, but before that, I spent some time really kind of cut my teeth at Netflix and spent some time building some of the mobile stuff and was a part of some of the Netflix original stuff when it was all kind of uh, hitting that market. Um, and then really like got into design through R. I was, you know, a hardcore kid making album covers and you know making wordpress sites and freelancing um and that community and that kind of diy online post myspace community um early twitter dribble those kind of things got me into tech really as a graphic designer i was had a, i was making like bad conference graphics and brochures um and shooting photography trying to get by um in like 2008 during the session and then found a rat ragtag group of people into macula that were making website stuff um and got into a startup and that kind of got me into tech so i kind of stumbled into it like with a, a small state college you know like didn't um never planned on having any type of like um commercial success or career i thought i was going to be like an art kid um, which i still kind of am i just kind of <laughs> hide under the burrows of tech
0: no like you you're it feels like you're your career kind of skyrocketed real quick like you went from like you were a photographer and you did photography and i remember like back in the days where we would like hang out at collect and you know mm-hmm. we would have that um what was it like monthly meetup where we'd have like a guest yeah, and someone garth. would talk yeah yeah with garth yeah. uh shout out garth humbert dude miss you
1: <laughs> monte winery
0: yeah yeah dude that's, that place <laughs> is still sick like i still go down there once in a while it's... but um yeah. Like it feels like once you got into tech and once you started designing for like websites and kind of going through that transition, it feels like you blew up real quick. Like you, you started at like, I think an app stack. And then from there you moved on to to Netflix and then quickly moved on to like another company. And it feels like you just kind of like exploded. Like
1: yeah, that that transition w- was really quick. Like, I not I was just kind of jumping into what was coming ahead of me. Like, I in today's world and market, with how like established our industry is, like I don't think I would have got that job at Netflix. Um, but it was a different time. Like, I I was shooting photography for design conferences. I remember I hit up like Drew Wilson to shoot at ValueCon, and it's because I wasn't, I didn't code, and I I hadn't made an app. Like, I wasn't actually good in front end and CSS and all these things. So like, I I knew I could make graphics and logos, but even like my web UI was pretty trash. And so like, I uh, wanted to get into that industry, but was more confident as like a branding designer, but I was good at photography or good enough to like do it for free. And so I offered to hang out with other tech design, like dribble people by donating my photography services. That's how I kind of like met some of my friends that ended up being my peers once I kind of understood what UI and UX was. Um, and then like the startup, you know, that was, we called ourselves a punk rock startup, but we really were like, if anyone knows Steve Espinosa, he's unconventional like that. We took some chances and, and really were are in some circles where like the startup scene and, and, uh, Jason Calacanis and that whole, like, um, what was the tech conference? It wasn't disrupt. There was another one. Anyways, we won like best business model and because we got published in TechCrunch that gave our startups some clout, even though we're still pretty small, and still pretty raw. And so out of that like TechCrunch article then we were at South by Southwest, that's where I met up with some other people, uh, bumped into Ted Boda who, who is like one of my good friends now, but he um, poached me into Netflix. He was like, we were at, like in some bar, <clears throat> couldn't walk around and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I, I'm at some startup, we're just here. Like we're playing a baseball game with our investors um and he was like oh, i'm looking for mobile designers like you seem rad like call me and then like a month later i was flying up to netflix i took an offer which i like i had no idea the difference of like what tech was for like a entry-level like agency job you know like i really understood like oh wow there's really opportunity and like this is a real industry so once i got into netflix like i think i i kind of got in through like through knowing Ted and through having like a relationship and being like, co- I think that was like really my collaborative nature and like how I was willing to like learn. Um, but I really got to, able to like work on a lot of cool things and he kind of sheltered me and put me under his wing and taught me like the ways and he had worked at Apple and big other companies before. So he really sh- taught me a lot of process and um, how to actually build product at scale. Um, and then that that naturally moved into me working at Google because I was working on a lot of Android stuff. And so that's when I started doing YouTube stuff and it was like my first series is called Android adultery. And it was about like trying to understand Android patterns, like early Kit Kat days. Um, But it was a thing, like everything looked like iOS and there wasn't really this um, awareness of like cross-platform design. And so um, I started working with the Android team some, and then I eventually left Netflix, honestly, kind of early. I wish I would have spent more time there, but left there to go to, google just because that was down in irvine and i was trying to get out of um, the bay area so that's kind of like a life transition similar to the one i'm going through now um but yeah that's i mean it was kind of fun like it was i was just uh taking what was coming in front and it wasn't planned at all i was i was uh, it was kind of during a recession too like things were kind of shitty Uh, my wife was pregnant like it wasn't very wise but um it was kind of like that hustle time where i was like i could do it you know
0: no yeah and you get you you need to do what you got to do right like especially when times are tough and um you got to find the opportunities when they come at you because uh you know sometimes we don't always realize when it's our shot until it's already over Mm -hmm. and you go holy crap Like
1: a lot of it was like right place right time right it was a very special time when the internet was very new and startups were still like cool they weren't like you know like they're they're kind of like embarrassing now in some respects depending on what angle you're coming from but um, so it was big tech, like it's all, it's all complicated now, but it was more romantic, you know? And, and I'm really thankful for the people that kind of trusted me. Like I remember sitting down with Steve, the founder of AbStack, the first startup I worked for. And I was like, dude, I've never designed a mobile app. He's like, you're a great designer. You'll figure it out. And like the night before I just down to like every GUI I could find on dribble and just like did some research and we just figured it out. Right. Like me and Jed Bridges and some folks, like we just were crunching away, um, and it was similar to, net, to Netflix. Like, I, I was, I just kind of asked a lot of questions and jumped in. But I, I don't think it was like anything to really my investment or like I was just there and curious. Um, it was, I think I was really blessed to meet some people and have those opportunities.
0: Um, I feel like yeah. that's like the most important thing over having a whole lot of education is just staying curious and having that student mindset and not being afraid to ask questions because that's where you learn the most. And that's where you start to get mentors and people who are willing to teach you and to move you forward. And I feel like that's where you really find progression in this field.
1: Well, especially getting comfortable. Like when I jumped into the startup event, I had never designed a mobile app and that was like in like the ad marketing, like lead generation space, which isn't very sexy, but like it was fun to work with friends. Netflix was like an awesome opportunity, but it was way over my head. Um, and then I went to like analytics, which wasn't, was also not very fun, but also super complicated and super technical. Like I never worked into the big data space. Um, and then even after that, going to Android, I didn't work on like the sexy Android stuff. I worked on these like new automobile, early standard stuff that was gnarly. Like, I mean, everything, everything is complicated and is, and is difficult in its own way, but I've always kind of, even now I haven't designed mobile in a long time. I've been designing like, cross desktop platform stuff for the open source Chrome stuff, right? Like the weird section of software design outside of like designing a typical five tab, like consumer app, you know? Um, yeah. But it keeps things interesting. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Um Yeah. That's super interesting. Like, I kind of feel like I had a similar start. Like I started at a community college. I wasn't quite <laughs> sure, sure like what I wanted to do with my life. Like I was taking fine art courses. I was taking some web courses and I've said this, I've said this before on, on earlier episodes, but like web made me money quicker than like,
1: No, it was a great, I was terrified (laughs) that print was going to die. I was like, I have to get into this app web thing because like no one's going to want brochures anymore. Like I had no idea how I was going to make money. So I was trying to like break WordPress sites just to freelance, but it it worked like you could make money. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like I made a whole career out of breaking WordPress websites, 100%. <laughs> like, so, especially way in the beginning, like 2008, 2009. Like, that's all I did was I played with WordPress websites, figured out how they worked. I had no idea what PHP did. Like, when I went mm-hmm. to school, I was coding in ASP.net. Like, that was the very first language that I learned how to write in. And I was working for, I think, Outdoor Channel at the time. I was doing both. I was managing yeah. their website. Working for them. Yeah. 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 dude, was so bizarre, dude. You had like the heads of animals like on the walls and like, there's just like camouflage everywhere and it was just bizarre, but it was cool. Like, especially as a, you know, young dude, like still in school, learning, learning the sure, trade, sure. but I was learning ASP.net and managing their website. And then part-time I was also helping them video edit. Um, cause in high school, uh, I was part of the like uh, video production club and I was in it through sure. from freshman all the way to like graduating. Cause I honestly thought that I was going to get into film. Like I was always curious about like drawing storyboards and I love to draw. Yep. And I love to play. Storytelling. With video. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just weird how now I'm a user experience designer at Experian, like at some point some weird turn happened in my life. And then, um, it-
1: it's amazing that the amount of people I always, I still think that someone should make a documentary talking about all the people that have come from music and ended up in tech. Yeah. Like for the people that are in the actual real leadership positions, whether it's like Aaron, it's like in like NASDAQ and working in like finance in New York, or like there's this other guy, Josh that works at Facebook and leads marketing and is, was a base, like a bass player on it, a punk band. Like there's so many cool people that have done work that end up in this craft. I don't know. It's, it's a cool community to be a part of when it, because I think we have a lot of the same, like, um origin stories, if you will. Yeah.
0: Dude, I've met so many metalheads in tech. Like, dudes, like, sure. you would, like, they look like, okay, it's like, this guy's cool or whatever. And then we get to talking, and he's like, oh, you like Sonata Arctica? I'm like, how the hell do you know who Sonata <laughs> Arctica is? I'm like, you're, like, the best person I've ever met, ever. <laughs> Just, yeah. like, these well, colors Yeah, there's, like,
1: that... There's like that metalhead culture with some of like nerd culture too, which is like rooted in some internet stuff and like MySpace and all Like, I started coding in MySpace. Like, I never actually learned languages. Like, I learned HTML and CSS through like trying to make, you know, put like cool black textures and things yep. in the different text boxes. You know what I mean? That's how I really, and frankly, how my son, like, we were, I was just asking him some user questions about um, um, tabs and Chrome because he uses Chrome. Um, And, like, he's already, like, he, I was um, designing in in Figma, and he's like, oh, pick, like, he, color pickers, like, content creation, WYSIWYG stuff for my son is so early levels, like, oh, I could give him Figma today, and we could start working on stuff together. Like, he would be entirely capable to jump into a fig jam and work with me on a computer. Um, But that was, like, for us, like, being able to have a MySpace page and paint it was, like, that, I think. It was kind of, like, designing in the browser, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's cool. It like on that subject of like, um, youth getting involved into like user experience, like there are a lot of cool programs out there for kids to learn this trade and they get good. Like you mentioned, like they pick it up like real quick. It's kind of like, um, cause I like, I'm learning how to skate transition. Like, uh, you know, I Ian... love your videos. Oh, thanks. Makes me smile yeah yeah dude it's 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 fun dude it's a it's good exercise but you'll see these kids who are like 10 years old 12 years old and they're just ripping like olympic level especially around orange county like orange county has Mm. some of the best skaters on the planet because we have some of the best skate parks on the planet and these kids like they're just ripping just dropping in on 12 foot balls just like it's nothing and it's it's nuts so like yeah no surprise to 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 me that kids (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i used to live a half a mile from the volcom skate park in costa mesa and like i would go down there. was like there's no way i'm gonna fall on my face in front of all these kids these old kids are you know clearing the coping like you know just not i'm too old for that these days um but i do think that like i think whether it's making websites and or understanding user experience um, i think kids at a young age i didn't really get it they grew up with apps they know when a shitty like you can't have a bad app anymore because kids expect it to be excellent. Uh, It's really frustrating as a parent because like a lot of the kids' software is bad, but like everyone expects, even like in here, like um, out in Tennessee, our internet's super bad. Like I'm even right now on a hotspot. And so like our smart TV is is really like, loses a lot of value because a lot of TV software is just really poor. And like Netflix is reliable and works. But the only other way to get stuff to work is to actually Chromecast things to our Chromecast because the TVs don't have the redundancy and latency and support and buffering for low speeds. It's just really amazing how like, how bad software still really is. Like it's really, really, really hard to make a good app. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like kids, kids expect that. And I think kids will be, will, you know, as they become creators, as they start coding and making things, whether it's for a project or whatever they're doing in school, like they're going to be way ahead of us. Um,
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Like you mentioned, they, they grew up with it. Like when I grew up, I, there was, there was internet, but it wasn't good. And there like, there was aim, There's uh, you know, uh, instant messenger, like there was yeah. AOL, like the homepage where you can go and look at news. And I was like, I specifically remember like corn was big and like, you could see like corn music videos on AOL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like yeah. my version of, of the internet was super early and like, I didn't understand what a shitty experience was like at all, but you know, as an adult, uh, it's totally different. But when these kids grow up, like we're going to be screwed. Like they're going to be the best designers on the planet. Cause they grew up with this stuff. We've become the wise ones in the corner. I advice. guess, man, <laughs> we got, we got to manage, th- we got to manage it those kids. Something. Cause like, you know, they're going to be like superstars. It's, it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Even, even with the um, younger designers today, like, I took a break, I took a hiatus from Twitter for a couple of years um, before the pandemic, just cause I was trying to, I don't know. I think everyone goes through that stage where it's like, oh, I'm not happy with, with any yeah. of my work. I'm not happy with how I'm progressing. I'm just gonna nuke everything. And that's exactly what I did is I nuked, I nuked my dribble. I nuked my portfolio cause all of my stuff was like looking old and I wasn't happy with any mm-hmm. of my work, so I nuked it all. Took a break, came back during the pandemic and now I'm following a lot of younger designers, like a lot of designers, like in their mid to early twenties, they're breaking into the field and their stuff is super inspiring and they're just killing it. And seeing the kind of um, like the amount of work and the creativity that they produce, it's just so inspiring as, you know, a millennial designer. It's, it's pretty rad. Yeah,
1: It's well, and it's even to like, it's just more encompassing now. We're like, I think a lot of UI design was just form fields and text boxes and rectangles, you know what I mean? And then it became so sophisticated and we found ways to move things. And like software still is like super, it's new, but it's very established. We have head guidelines, right? And we understand what good UI and UX looks like. And there's a real sophistication to like problem solving and software at scale and systems and all that shit. But like, when I look at a generic portfolio or like a really well-versed portfolio that's coming through, it's all of those things but then also like they're rendered 3d stuff and there's like parallax like there's there's animation design or sound design or they're like talking about conversational interfaces or built like an alexa skill and all this shit like damn like that's a lot more than i did like i made billboards (laughs) and like a soda pop mock-up you know what i mean like yeah it's the level of what they can make um is is really impressive i mean they have a lot more tools too like Um, there's just a lot more resources um, and the web is a a plentiful place for inspiration and being, I mean, you can make a a really bad design look really good too with a lot of like place things too. I'm not talking about those things, but like the people are really thoughtful and there's a lot more information like that. That's when I look at my portfolio, like it was a very early industry. No one really knew what UX. I mean, our industry did. I'm not saying like the industry wasn't established, but it wasn't like the commonplace. Like people didn't understand until like, they got a new iPhone and watch Steve Jobs every year over a year. And they kept talking about it. You know what I mean? It came almost like pop culture user experience in a way.
0: Yeah, totally. And I feel like as you progress through your career, you kind of design less and less and you launch products more and more, if that makes sense. Like early Mm -hmm. on, I was stoked about just designing a cool app or just designing a cool graphic or, you know, whatever. But as I've progressed in my career, I'm more interested in actually launching products. And seeing them succeed, yeah. and a lot of my job, honestly, is whiteboarding workflows. You know, putting personas together, delivering it, and then I have to move on because I just don't have the time. <laughs> so
1: yeah, just- well, and that's—I mean, it's a different like it's it's the different parts of our the like, different lanes of the craft. Like you, we do generate a lot of like pixels and visual things, and it isn't mm-hmm. like UI versus UX, but there is like a scene there is a skill and a wisdom and a seniority to being able to like make good decisions like in a tight time or how do you like slow things down and prioritize or how do you weigh options and negotiate like that's all a part of um being a designer because you have to make those trade-offs because you can't just always make the decisions on aesthetics right so i think that like that's the one thing that's the only hope i have really is that like i'm i don't know if i'm gonna able to make you know nfts and 3d gradient rendered things but like i know that like i could function an executive table in a software company and at least talk about like design you know what i mean like and at least like have an opinion um and so that like the that comes with like some time just like i've seen people function in a startup role and literally be able to do everything like they'll build the website they've got like started up like the landing page, like everything and they'll do all of it um, and I, I, I feel like I can do half of those things. Like I, there's still a lot of things I wish I um, learned more or, or will learn in the future, whether that's like being able to code more in iOS or being able to do more, um, in 3d, but, um, across like visuals and UI UX, like I, I, I think it served me well being able to kind of hop across different visual versus more communication or, um, uh, more like interaction and product strategy stuff.
0: Yeah. It kind of reminds me well, one of the guests I had, uh, Jessica Ivins, she's an instructor Mm -hmm. at Center Center. And she was talking a lot about generalism. And how they teach at Center Center is like, when you earn your doctorate, you don't just learn one aspect of health, you learn all of it. And you learn the basics of all of it. So after you understand the fundamentals, then you choose your specialization. And then you figure out where it is you want to like, focus on most, but still have that tool set to where you can use it for whatever you mm-hmm. need to do as a doctor. And I don't know anything about doctors, but it's, uh, I'm probably butchering what yeah. you said, but it was around. No, that but idea. It,
1: it makes sense. It's, I think that's why a lot of startups fails because they just get a smart, like tech person and a smart, like design person, and a smart business person that don't have the industry person that understands the context of everything. Like you, even for me, I've only been able to survive inside of a technical engineering companies like Netflix and Google, because, I did know enough about, like, I always joked with my friends who, like, watched sports and stuff. I was like, no, my sports are tech companies. Like, I follow tech companies, and I follow tech releases and OSs and standards. Like, that's what I was into, like, going through college and even up to now, like, there's tech podcasts, watching MKBHD or whatever it was, knowing, like, what's coming out and w- what companies are doing Why And that, that in itself, I think, um, has kept me... Able to exist as a UX designer in tech um, and ask questions and still be able to understand what's going on with actually not being able to open terminal and like commit some code. You know what I mean? Um, it's always been something I've wanted to be able to do. Like designers that code. You know, I can still make a website, but it would not be efficient these days. You know, um, it's always been a big insecurity as a designer, just because like I, I'm always imp- like I'm working with another designer now at Chrome. And it's actually kind of really cool because I'm doing a lot of visual exploration stuff and handing it off to him and he's prototyping it live. And so like day to day, we're like working together. Um, but it's always like a magic for those, just like people that don't get visuals. And like I just make it look good. You know what I mean? It's like, if it seems like magic, um, it's always fun to traverse that spectrum.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those arguments that's just so tired now. It's like, I get it. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, if you don't want to code, that's fine. If you want to code, do it. Um, I'll tell you from my perspective, like my discipline has always been in code and that's where I made the most money when I was broke was, was developing, um, designs for my friends and turning them into websites. And that's what made me money. So my discipline has always been in code. However, I've always had that foundation and those fundamentals for design because I was trained in it. So I can understand how to build a layout. I know it looks good. I know what doesn't look good. I understand critique. So I try to use both of those aspects, um, but if you don't have if you don't have that um, knowledge of code, I'll be honest. Like even when I deliver my designs in code, like you know uh, BEM nomenclature, like it's super clean. I'm using straight up vanilla JavaScript. I'm using like no plugins. Like you can take it and you can put it in whatever. I'll deliver it to the engineering team, and then what I see back on the sprint review is mm-hmm. nothing close to what I coded. Like they right. didn't look at it at all. All that time, in my opinion, was just moot. So even yeah, if you can yeah. deliver full fledged designs and code, sometimes that time isn't spent super wisely in this career. Like it, yeah. it all depends. I've always,
1: <laughs> I've always kind of like, like joke trashed on red lines. And it's like, it doesn't matter what your mocks or what your specs even say, because all that matters is how you communicate those things to the yeah. person that's implementing them, right? Like, you're, it doesn't matter how accurate it is if it doesn't get built it's it just it's nothing you know what i mean um and th- i mean a good design system should allow for those things right like that's i mean that's a non-topic but it is it is funny how like i was talking to a friend whose team is, is a lot smaller and just asking about the different roles and and like how they like organize their design team and they're like well we don't really have like it's not like it wasn't a title conversation but they're like everyone just has their different peaks and we all just work together so some projects need more visual heavy some projects need more interaction work some projects you know don't need any ux work and so like we just allocate resources as the projects need them i was like oh that feels refreshing like just because like i inside of google everything is very like it has structure because it needs it oh sure um but like you know the the creative part let's say of my role like i get it in different ways because google has cool culture stuff but you know google's a very or chrome is a very like white surface right like it's very Util- which is actually part of my like i have a utilitarian design style if i had to say i had any kind of style mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's um it's funny how yeah our our, our job is weird man because people are emotional about it too like it becomes a personal thing but um i'm just glad i'm allowed to be a part of it you know
0: yeah and it, it kind of it's silly when it does get personal because you have to When when you're designing for a company and you're making assets for a company and you're building products for a company, once that um, work is completed and you've delivered it, that's not yours. That's the company that you worked for. So when you critique it and you look at it, you have to take a step back and look at it from that perspective in order to make that product succeed. Because if you're just going to be really territorial and close up and not want to be involved in critique because you don't want people looking at your work critically, then that product is going to suffer in the long run because you decided that you wanted sure. to take it personally. Um, yeah. Which is probably a yeah. whole other well, and conversation. If you take <laughs> it,
1: yeah. If you take it too personally too, and like the product sucks or it gets teared, torn down, then like you feel torn down too, right? Like there's I, a yeah. good, there's only, there's a good association of your work of like, yeah, I can contribute and be a part of this, but like, obviously this work that's been an unhealthy thing for me. Like my pro my, not being like too proud about titles and stuff, but like being proud about being a designer and be like, this is what I do. This is who I am. And when those things don't do well, or I don't feel like I'm being a good designer, like having your whole identity or like really feeling shitty about yourself. I think it's really dangerous. And Like um, just having a good grounding and a good identity and a good value system outside of craft. Cause like sometimes it sucks doing our- sometimes the jobs aren't sexy and, you you aren't making good decisions i don't know like it's a very i think designers and artists like it's like it's all in the same thing and work and life should be the, it is the same thing especially now working from home uh part of me moving to tennessee is that like trying to separate from like tech culture and being so defined by being joel the google designer like trying to have chickens and shit you know what i mean
0: dude and that's sick yeah. like um I love being out in the woods. Like I I camp every year. Sometimes I'll camp by myself. Like I've been on like motorcycle trips where I've just camped just by myself just because I love the isolation. And I feel like it's kind of part of my my genes. Like my dad loves it. My grandpa loved it. Um, Like I've got a family history of adventures. Like I have their diaries and stuff. Like some of them were frontiersmen and some of them fought in the war. And like, um, so it's super rad yeah yeah they're all very much like that and i feel like if if i if i feel like if i was born in like the 1800s no i i'd I'd be out in the woods or doing something whatever people do in the 1800s i don't know but yeah
1: um, (laughs) yeah i mean you know what i mean context yeah for me like we i was i was flying to san francisco or seattle like every other week and my wife had her business and you know, we loved being there, being in Orange County, but we, there's like a forced constraint on where we live now. It takes a little bit longer to get places, and mm-hmm. there's a different shared part of culture too, just in the in the like oldness of the community. Um, I don't know; it's a refreshing change from um, always being a Southern California kid. Uh, but I don't know. I, I mean, i was getting like to be old. You know what I mean? Like, I don't <laughs> I don't want to go out as much. I'm, I'm kind of content being um you know home with my family um but yeah it's, i'm still early i might want i might be flying back to california sooner than i think to visit the city
0: if you do man hit me up like oh, i, don't I will, do for sure i don't do anything except for i mean to be honest the pandemic was kind of a good thing for me because i'm seems kind like you of, were
1: surfing a lot and like had oh dude nice little yeah, little. I'm
0: a, yeah i'm a natural loner like i love it like you know um I, I surfed most of my life. Like I started surfing at 14, um, but living in the inland empire, like I couldn't go every day. Like some of these young groms, they can just go out yeah. and just kill it. These little kids go out by themselves. It's gnarly. Um, yeah. But obviously I would go out like maybe three times, four times a year when I was younger. And when Laura and I made the decision that we were going to move back to orange, orange County, I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, if we're going to move out of our two-story three-bedroom home with a jacuzzi and pool because i mean in the inland empire you can afford to rent that uh, obviously sure. not here that i decided all right i'm gonna surf and i'm not just going to surf but i'm gonna be one of those crazy dudes who goes out every morning wakes up at like 4 45 and just hits the water and just does that's it way a way lot do it. and i would just decide oh, that's what i'm gonna do and after living that's here bad. two and a half years like I've dropped like 15 pounds. I have shoulders that I've never had before. Like I've always been kind of a stick bug kind of a dude. And now I'm like, like my wife's been noticing me change. And it's just, it's pretty cool. Like it's, and I'm, I'm like, I mentioned in in an earlier episode, like I'm genuinely happy. Like I'm super happy. Um, I used to kind of be. I wouldn't say like the, the self-loathing type, but I had a lot of just uh, anxiety that I didn't treat and I didn't talk to therapists about because I think that's just kind of a yeah. male thing. Um, but ever since I started focusing on myself, on my own goals and transition skateboarding and doing silly, useless shit, like surfing in six, seven foot swell, like I'm a different person. Like I'm literally a different person than I was um, even back when you knew, you knew me. Like I'm a totally different Casey.
1: For sure. yeah i mean there's a there's a certain level of like suffering that i think is just essential like not in like a joe rogan way but like i like even in 2020 like i I was running to like i ran almost a thousand miles um last year um and a lot of it was because of anxiety and i wasn't drinking and i just needed to do something um and so that like that was just so it's just kind of shitty but it's also like a little retreat and i think that people kind of need that space like if you saturate yourself too much in anything whether that's you know your work or pleasure whatever it is like i think that uh we could all benefit from a little bit of exertion um uh and i think like that i'm such an early person too like i'm trying to get up at four thirty or five every morning and it's always felt like a, a like a superpower like just being able to get some wins in before everyone else but um yeah that totally resonates with me man i i i hear you
0: so what would you tell a younger Joel?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I would tell younger Joel a lot of things. I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier this week. I was like, people always say no regrets. And I'm like, that's a bullshit thing. Like people have regrets. <laughs> that's yeah. a bullshit statement. Like everything happened how it should have been. Like, no, you have regrets. If you could do things differently, you do things differently. Um, I, I would tell myself to be more curious and slow down. Like I, I, um, I had a fairly like narrow view of the world as a younger kid, even coming out of college. Like, um, I had gr- a great, like safe and, um, like good upbringing and loving parents. Um, but my dad was a pastor and I had somewhat of a shelter experience, not like in a culty weird way, but like just a very like. Uh, West Coast, like white suburban, like upbringing, mm-hmm. um, and I went to a small college. Like I, I, I was kind of insecure. You know, I had my little music thing that I got into, like in Southern California, in the IE with hardcore and stuff. But once I got into art school, I just kind of like finished college, um, and then met my wife and we got married. So like, I never. I went to Thailand a couple of times in college and got to travel a little bit, but I do like. There's a, a part of my like adulthood that I feel like I'm still. I'm doing now, like, as a young father, um, really the last kind of, like, five or ten years. Uh, but I do think that, like, I would tell Joel to, like, go, like, go out and, like, experience some of that. Like, go um, – I think it would have informed more of, like, who I am as a designer to have, like, a broader worldview. Um, and I think I have that now. But I think it was kind of hard to do that while becoming a dad while doing other things. Um, and I think people kind of try to jump into, like, figuring out their profession and doing things because I feel like they have to. And I felt that pressure, too. Like, I got to find a job. I got to get into a thing. Um, and you have to when you don't have money. It's easy to say that in hindsight because I have a little more, like, security. Um, but I was really, like, paranoid about, like, getting to the end of the, the finish line, you know. Um, and I think it would have benefited myself to kind of enjoy the journey a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have I, any, um... I didn't
1: plan to go there no no dude, <laughs> i was gonna like sure. take more coding classes <laughs>
0: <laughs> no like our paths are kind of similar because i i kind of had a similar upbringing too very mm-hmm. conservative very religious um like our particular form of religion was very old school like mm-hmm. we didn't even have bands or anything like we sang out of yeah. the books um yeah. like the songs from like 200 plus years ago like looking back on it i mean like if you're into that great that's that's cool but like um you know me being who i am now like it's totally different from my perspective of life now but um yeah man like we have it's it's eerie like how similar our paths are
1: (laughs) it's so funny it it happens that way i mean i I think we're drawn to the same kind of i don't know It's there's overlaps of communities in a lot of different ways even in the music scene like there's a, a weird overlap of like jaded religious kids you know that were in music um and a lot of those people end up in design too and you know it's community we, we find each other one way or the other
0: for sure so do you have any yeah. advice for um designers who are trying to break into product design
1: that's you know what i so i was in a couple of interviews this week one thing so here's some advice because that there's almost a lot of good advice. Like there's a lot of resources. Um, I don't have any, like these are the steps you should do to get hired at Google. Um, I've actually had a hard time getting my friends getting hired at Google because it's a hard process. Um, But I do think like, because because there's a bunch of people like me, like spouting stuff on YouTube about what design is. And like, there's a lot of talk about what design is. um, I was listening to someone talk back to some questions, but it was like all theory and theoretical. Like it was all, talking about optimism and or optimizing and all, all of the like the, the buzzwords of UX, um, and pr- principles and systems and, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, yeah, but like, what did you do? Like, what was the problem? Like, well, how'd you screw up? Like, it's almost become too much of a, a, a song and dance. Um, and I think that I think it's something that like Dan Petty really gets at as like, just being like authentic, like, this is what I'm doing. And this is why And just like, it's, it can be very simple. Um, I guess, get, get, like focus on storytelling because that, that's a, a hard part of it. Like you can be a good designer, your, your stuff can make sense. Even if that story or design is good, um, you have to be able to explain it. I think it's one of the reasons that like me being like an artist or being in music, um, a lot of it is about communication and emotion. And so like, um, I don't have to design everything because I can get consensus and or convey the idea or the message without having to show all of it, right? Um, And sometimes those things are more efficient, right? Like I think that that's all storytelling. It's a a good PM has it too, or a good tech lead. Um, But it's hard to develop that. Um, So I don't know, don't go to public speaking, but um, yeah, storytelling.
0: Yeah, I don't know, public speaking, like I always feel pressured into doing it. And every time I do it, it's fun, but it's like, it's intense. Like I tried it a couple of times. Oh, dude, there's the anxiety about it. And like, I feel weird. Like I feel almost more comfortable being a cheerleader for other people than being on the podium myself and having mm-hmm. people talk about like obviously in an endearing way and giving me accolades. But for me, like I feel uncomfortable doing it. I don't like the spotlight at all. Even as small as that spotlight will be, like I, I'm super uncomfortable I'm uncomfortable with it. Like I I could never get used to it.
1: Yeah, it's how I feel at every wedding <laughs> or any or any any greeting over eight people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny for me because I, you know, like making stuff on YouTube or even being public on like Instagram or Twitter, like I don't mind being horrible and sharing ideas and being fairly transparent. But when you're doing it in, per- in like person and looking at people, it's very different. Um, but like as a designer, like if you even like being a salesman or like having that skill of being able to be, I always kind of resent it to you. They're kind of cool and can always kind of like just brush shoulders and like be the, the cool designer. Like, it's just really hard for me, but that, that matters in like relationships and like working with people. So I don't know. I, I think those like soft skills are, are grossly like under undervalued because like often designers are hard to talk to and it's really hard to work with somebody that like isn't easy to work with and collaborate with. Like that's a huge part of, you know, working with teams and whatnot
0: but i almost feel like that's almost as important as your portfolio like being able to talk with people because like for sure you're trying to promote yourself um you can't get work unless you go out and seek other designers and other individuals who align with that sort of work who you can work with like other developers and people who talk with customers and if you can't effectively communicate and meet with them and collaborate then you're not going to succeed like you almost sure. have to have that skill set. Yeah, if uh, someone wanted to get a hold of you, how would they uh, hit up Joel? Yeah,
1: so um, my most reliable channel these days is Twitter. Um, I've been slowly deactivating my Instagram, um, just uh, not because I don't like the app, just to, to like zen out a little bit more. It's just my default like numb myself, um, and so I downloaded Duolingo. Duolingo instead, and so if I ever get bored. I, I teach myself spanish instead of scrolling instagram but um yes underscore bklmn on twitter um that's where i'm at but if you search my name i'm kind of all over the internet i i'm on all those things
0: dope dude it's always a pleasure talking with you um super dude, stoked that me. yeah dude super stoked that you wanted to be on my little podcast and uh hang out for a bit and uh dude i hope you uh you know Have the opportunity to be a guest again, or if you fly out here, I guess definitely hit me up, dude, and we'll surf or skate or I'll find some way to get some bruises on you.
1: (laughs) Keep them going. Yeah. No, I'm always down to drop into some balls. Uh we should get like a uh old Temecula Crew podcast and get bring in like a group of people and we can we can hear the debate about some
0: stuff. That would be wild. And we can all meet at Miramonte, like in two (laughs) thousand and eight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. OG style. Hell yeah, dude. Awesome, man.
0: Cool. Later.
1: Yeah. Have a good one.